And we're back with another episode this week. Uh, This week we're discussing the 1990 Best Picture winner, Dances with Wolves, a film directed by... um, Why did his name just suddenly fall out of Kevin Costner? Also also starring Kevin Costner. Uh, So we thought we'd talk about our favorite films in which the director directs themselves. Who would like to kick us off this week? I can do it. Okay. Yeah. We'll go on. I will. I did this without needing to look up a single list. Yay. (laughs) Hooray. Huzzah. Yeah. So, number one, History of the World Part One. Mel Brooks. Beautiful. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. Uh, Number two, First Contact, directed by Jonathan Frakes. Mm. Oh, well done. Yes, yes. And my number one should be pretty easy because it's it's Braveheart. Oh, yeah. It's Braveheart. (laughs) Braveheart. I love Braveheart. Freedom. Oh, yeah. Yeet. <laughs> Who's next? I'm g- I'll go. Oh, you oh go okay. Grab? All right. Now you go. Okay. Twerty. You, go. Guys, you guys are too kind. <laughs> I, I got a few. Um, you know, briefly mentioned some ones that we've talked about over the course of the pod. You know, Citizen Kane is always going to be up there and yeah. Reds. And, you know, I didn't love Hamlet, but I thought. Olivier did a good job directing himself in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've got a few coming up that uh, you pretty much mentioned anything that Clint Eastwood's done where he's directed himself. Yeah. Um, I won't say anything further. <laughs> Clint about Eastwood, that. everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, uh, shout out to a Bronx tale. I think uh, De Niro does a good job with that. Um, yeah, it's a good movie. And, uh, I don't want to mention Alvy Singer any more than he needs to be. So I'll, I'll end with Zoolander. Why not Zoolander? <sighs> oh, Zoolander! What a that was one film. of mine that I thought nobody was going to snag. <laughs> Damn, I'm sorry. You let you go for so much. God, Squirty. Squirted <laughs> <laughs> all over your pick. What That's you got, right. Trev? Um, of course, man. Every if anybody keeps up with me, you know that I absolutely fell in love with Dick Tracy this week. So you know, Warren Beatty. And Dick Tracy, because that is my new top 10 movie of all time. I've already watched it twice. This it's nice. yeah. It was incredible. And I did send my mom that nasty email about watching oh, I love Good. that. That, that reminds me. I, I did you start it with To Whom It May Concern? I did. Good. And I was about to pull the whole uh, Eminem stand, you know. <laughs> Mr. I'm too good to show my son good movies. <laughs> Reminds me, I need to ask my mom for that Halloween picture. Me as Dick Tracy. Yeah, I need. I need to see you, uh, Squirter nice. Tracy. I need yeah. that in my life. <laughs> Old Dick um, Squirter. I got Ben Affleck in the town because. Uh, <laughs> what? Come on, bro! Are you laughing at Ben? No, I'm laughing at Dick Squirter. He just said Zach just said Dick Squirter. And I missed it. I guess you I missed did. it. What do you mean by Dick Squirter? Instead of Squirter Tracy. <laughs> He went with Dick Squirter. Yeah, but what does that even mean? You know, people named Richard who like to squirt. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. I like love Ben Affleck in the town. The town is great. Makes him squirt. Okay. <laughs> that is that is a really good performance. Um, what did I just say? Oh yeah, Ben Affleck in the town and Argo. Two incredible movies. Yeah. Uh, John Kerensky in Quiet Place. 
Mm-hmm. And I have Danny DeVito and Matilda because Hell I have yeah DeVito yeah that 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 Matilda. was one yeah it's either going to be Matilda or Death to Smoochie oh I would have said throw Mama from the train you would have uh, we're a Matilda so family damn it. <laughs> yeah and then Zoolander that uh Dick Squirter took from your boy that would be so <laughs> bad I fucking hate that movie so much it's so good. God. I, I'm sure I'm shocked you didn't uh, pivot to Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Did yeah. he direct Tropic Thunder? He, he directed Tropic wow, Thunder. Wow, I well. didn't know that. See, I think Tropic Thunder is great. Good. Uh, you could also Good. go with the cable guy because he's in the kind of in the background of that entire movie. I like that. <laughs> cable guy, underrated, misunderstood. That makes me wonder has Jim Carrey ever directed a movie or just produced? Jim Carrey? Yeah. I don't think he's ever directed a film. I don't think he's ever no, directed I'm curious. A Not to John Mimdb. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he hasn't either, so. Directed his own home movies. <laughs> nope. He wrote, he acted, he produced, he even did a few soundtracks, but uh, yeah. no direction. Hey, shout out to Jim was, Carrey on the new Weekend album. He's incredible oh, yeah. in there. Oh, yeah. nice. I was, I was curious if maybe he had done a, uh, a maybe directed an episode or two of Kidding, right? Because mm. you know that's a lot of a lot of actors will break their teeth on TV directing, right? Yeah, just break those teeth, snap, snap them. The workmen. Oh yeah, there's me. Uh, yeah, you get those, man. You know it's always it's always rough being the one who goes last because. You guys take all the good stuff. You, you go first next time. No, no, no. I'll keep going last because I, I no, he'd rather go last and bitch about it every week is his what that's right. No, <laughs> so I'm gonna go Chaplin. Nice. Oh, Chaplin's and everything gotta, again. It's pretty much if, if Chaplin directed <laughs> and he's in it. Paul I'm is holding, holding up a great dictator uh criterion, so take a drink. Oh, that's right. Yep, there you go. Uh so there's there's Chaplin. Um I, I'm actually shocked Jonathan didn't say any Kevin Smith. You know, and I get that. Oh, I thought we were talking about good directors. <laughs> he did like three or four good movies. I like Jersey Girl. I do. I like, like Jersey Girl. I do too. I I'll, also I'll take, like About a Boy. I'll take that on as five. Yeah. Uh, uh, I like our boy uh, Marty directing himself in uh, Taxi Driver. That was a yeah. performance, yeah. if yeah. you want to call that something. Uh, uh, Alfred Hitchcock used to put himself in his own movies. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically uh, had a line or two. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I've mentioned it. I mentioned it last week, and I've mentioned it a few times. Uh, Spike Lee and Do the Right Thing. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, and, yeah. and uh, I also like his performance in She's Gotta Have It, and he's not bad in Malcolm X either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and shout out to him sticking Mookie into a cameo role in the movie Red Hook Summer. I've never seen that movie. It's not bad. I got not a random question then. Okay, I'm going to throw two at you real quick. Okay. Has has Bruce Lee ever directed any of his movies? And then has Jackie I, Chan ever directed any of his movies? I think Jackie, Jackie Chan, Chan has. has directed. Okay. Bruce Lee hasn't directed anything in a few years, though. <laughs> he, he, I hope not. He's been dead a while. <laughs> oh. Um. Just just a just a few years though. He has uh 
He's got a couple of direct uh, documentary directing credits, and he's an uncredited director in Game of Death. But it does oh, no. look like he this... directed The Way of the Dragon. Oh, did he? I have that yeah. on DVD. He did. I like that. Hell yeah. Good. Yeah, Jackie Chan directed the first two police story films. Oh, okay. These are incredible. Yeah, Excellent. they are incredible. Yeah. I was think I couldn't think of another criterion, by, by the way. Oh, another drink. <laughs> hold up all your Charlie Chaplin's or we'll get alcohol poisoning. <laughs> yeah, I think that works. Nice. <laughs> it works. Yeah, I can't I can't think of anything off the top of my head at the moment that I want to bring up. So Okay. Well, let's talk about a movie. Let's talk about a movie. Beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Work. I'm Jonathan Pierce. I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Risty Podcast, a show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, and what film are we watching this week, Jonathan? All right. Today, we're talking about Dances with Moves. What? Dances with Moves? <laughs> yeah. Dances with Moves. Tell me That's more about these moves we're dancing with. I thought with. he was trying going for like a joke. No, no. <laughs> Today we're talking about Dances with Wolves, a movie about a military officer who finds himself among the natives of the region only to find love with a native priest's daughter and then have weird tentacle sex with their braids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember yes. that part. Yep. And helping us discuss the tentacle <laughs> sex with their braids <laughs> is our beloved producer and co host of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, Mr. Trav. Welcome to the show again. Trav! Ah, (laughs) (laughs) take your take your victory lap oh god now i just want to point out i watched the four-hour version so you obviously did miss the tentacle sex Uh, i did yeah yeah because i watched it on netflix yeah see why would that be cut is what i want to know it's weird i don't understand because i gotta say it was pretty fucking thrilling Woo! (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you you think something like that would have been very welcome after like Total Recall, right? Which I believe is the same year. So it's yeah. the same year. So maybe they just hadn't gotten the courage to put it out until they saw Total yeah. Recall. Mm-hmm. Netflix has been testing the tentacle market actually with some of their um, anime, <laughs> and I, I think they've had some mild response. So it's probably why they haven't included. Uh, so waiting for Netflix to start grabbing some of the older ones, like some La Blue Girl or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Well, let's do an Oscar breakdown. Break it, down. it is a sanctimonious March 25th, 1991. We are back in the Shrine Auditorium in Los Angeles, California. If I'm not mistaken, last week they went back to get yeah, Dorothy Chandler for the weird. Yeah, they're bouncing they back and forth now. But apparently Dorothy Chandler wasn't up to their standards anymore. Mm. Mm. Dorothy. Sometimes you just move on. Our host for the evening is a returning Billy Crystal. Nice. Hey, Billy. So, so welcome back. <laughs> Hi, Billy. Welcome back, <laughs> William. Uh, 
uh, our most nominated film of the evening is Dance of the Wolves at 12. Our most awarded film on the evening is Dance of the Wolves at 7. Uh, backtrack oh. for a second. Is 12 tied yeah. for the most? What is that most again? The most nominations? Yeah. It's been a long time since you've said that on the on the pod, so it's been some time since hmm. we've uh, gotten that. That's a, that's a good question. But look, I just threw a monkey wrench, and I'm not talking Foo Fighters. How many times has everybody else watched that Foo Fighters trailer? Trailer? Dude, uh, I mean, too many times. Yeah, when, like 50 when times I said, a day. When did I send it yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, that was the first time I even saw it, and I watched it a good number of times. So. Same. Yeah. Uh, I uh, honestly have only watched it once so far, but I'll watch it again. You, uh, you don't know, have according to. According to this, All About Eve is the most nominated film of all time, as we are standing in 1990. Okay. At 14. 14. At 14. Yeah. Uh, Gone with the Wind, From Here to Eternity, and Mary Poppins, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Mary Poppins wow. is afraid All of got Virginia 13 Wolf. nominations. Whew. Ben-Hur had 12. Uh, on the Waterfront, My Fair Lady, uh, Mrs. Miniver, Song of Bernadette, Streetcar Named Desire, Reds. Uh, Johnny Belinda and Beckett all have 12 as well. So okay. that's where well, we are. Still crazy. Standing. 22 categories and it got a nominator for 12 of them. So that's pretty wild. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. and, and most of the ones it's probably not nominated for the ones that it just like can't, it can't get be. nominated for. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, so like your, your short films and your documentaries and, and Yeah. Uh, and one of the screenplay awards because you have to be one or the other. All right, so Dances with Wolves wins Best Picture, giving Jim Wilson and Kevin Costner the Oscars over Awakenings, Ghost, The Godfather Part Three, and Goodfellas. So nice to see Nicholas Cage's Nicholas Cage's uncle Francis Ford Coppola back at the ceremony. Yay! Yes. Uh, Best Director goes to Kevin Costner for Dances with Wolves. Congratulations, Kevin Costner. <laughs> uh, best actor goes to Jeremy Irons for Reversal of Fortune, beating out Kevin Costner for Dances with Wolves. How have I never seen that movie? Any yeah, sense Jeremy was, Irons. Yeah, I've never seen it either. I still think Jeremy Irons needs to play a pirate at some point yeah, in his life. Absolutely. <laughs> needs to happen. Uh, best actress goes to the one, the only, Kathy Bates for Misery. Yes! <laughs> The great Annie Wilkes. Greatest well actress of all time. all time. Yeah. Oh god, that's such a that's such a great performance. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just probably one of the most spine-chilling performances I've ever seen. Uh right. Best supporting actor goes to Joe Pesci, eh? Joe <laughs> Pesci, eh? Yeah. <laughs> uh for Goodfellas. Uh, beating out Graham Greene playing Kicking Bird in Dance of the Wolves. Nice. Graham Greene, really good in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Best Supporting Actress goes to Whoopi Goldberg. Playing Oda Mae Brown in Ghost. There we go, making Whoopi. Whoopi. Making Whoopi Goldberg the first black female to win an Academy Award since Hattie McDaniel in 1938. Insane. Sure. An acting award. Long time, yeah, that's insane. That's 
too long. It really uh, is. And she's only the fifth black actor overall. Yeah, that's right. So, mm-hmm. yep. 63 years. It is 63 years, and we just seeing some kind of correction that's two black actors to win in back to back years. Yeah. But only, mm-hmm. but only one per night. The Academy says, we got to roll it out slow. We got too many old white folk around here. Um, and while I think Whoopi is amazing in Ghost, I really, I've always felt that was a makeup Oscar for not giving her best actress for color purple. Absolutely. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, and I do think she's amazing in Ghost. Yeah. I just don't, when I look at the category, I don't see who deserved it over her. So I'd ruin, like, I get what you're saying, but I, I also no, no, no. feel like. I, She's the only pick for it, in my opinion. So, like, yeah, our, I, think, I don't know. I think Lorraine the, Bracco, Lorraine Bracco is really good in Goodfellas, but I don't know if she's better than Whoopi and Ghost. I don't. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, it's know. we'll we'll get there. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and Whoopi beats out Mary McDonald playing Stands with a Fist in Dance of the Wolves. Best screenplay written directly for the screen goes to Ghost giving Bruce Joel Rubin an Academy Award and best screenplay based on material from another medium goes to Dances with Wolves, Michael Blake based, based on his novel. Yeah. 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 <laughs> good writers, good sandwiches. Good sandwiches. Uh, best foreign language film, Journey of Hope from Switzerland, uh, beating out Cyrano de Bergerac, shockingly. Wow. Hmm. But Sir No getting nominations in other categories. Uh, I, I just find that a little shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, best documentary feature goes to American Dream with a Z. With a Z. Yeah. I missed my chance to say Gerald Depardieu. Damn it. <laughs> there, I said Never it too now. late. <laughs> you can say it whenever you want in this episode. That's fair. It's it's your show. Gerard Depardieu. God, he's <laughs> such an ugly guy, but I love his name so much. <laughs> Best documentary short subject goes to Days of Waiting. Best live action Ooh. short subject goes to The Lunch Date. Oh, yeah, that sounds lovely. Yeah. Like a, like a brunch? No, no, it's a lunch no, date. Uh, is, it clearly okay. says I just, lunch I just date. Feel like, no, I just feel like a lunch is a weird time to have a date. I feel like a brunch date. Uh, Did I go on lunch but, dates but, all the time? Okay, well, no, the fair lunch, enough. If the lunch date is at the time of the next best live action short film in the. Uh, in the category nominations, then it would be, yeah, lunch, it's definitely yeah. a lunch date because the next, the name of the next film is 1201 PM. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know. that was like lunchtime to me. Oh, this is another one of those where, uh, all the category, all the nominees in the category <laughs> make a fun sentence. Yeah. Fun sentence yeah. is the lunch date, 1201 PM Bronx cheers. Dear Rosie, what have we done? <laughs> <laughs> it's about <laughs> adultery. I th- I see it more as um, the Bronx saw something pretty gross on a giant television as everybody looked upon it. Oh. The old porno <laughs> with <laughs> Rosie. Okay. <laughs> what have we done? Rosie cheeks and Dick Squirter over here. <laughs> Beep. All right. Our best animated short film goes to Creature Comforts, the Nick yeah. Park. Uh, Ardman short film beating oh, out yeah. a grand day out the Nick Park Ardman short film. <laughs> <laughs> that one's uh, 
Wallace and Gromit. So that's a Wallace yeah. and Gromit yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Wallace and Gromit uh, on the scene. I love creature comforts. <laughs> Hell yeah. Those are so fun. Our best original score category brings us to our podcast within a podcast. John Williams, Oscar watch. John Williams nominated for home alone. Hey, there you go. Uh, but he loses out uh, to John Barry for dances of the wolves. Boo. I agree with. I'm not, no, I'm not mad at it. You, you agree with the boo or the win? I agree with the win. It's understandable. I mean, John Barry, uh, what, what has he done before this? Uh, I feel like we've had his Yeah, name. he's been brought up before. Uh, Bond. He's done some Bond. Bond. He's done some Bond. Done some Bond. Uh, his Academy Award nomin- His Academy Award wins have been Born Free for the score, oh. Born Free for the song, oh, he The Lion in Winter, and Out of Africa. There you go. This makes, this makes his fifth Academy Award. Oh, wow. Um, That's more than John Williams, right? Way John more. Williams is at four. Oh, he's at four? Wow. Because it was Jaws, Star Wars, Fiddler on the Roof, and what was his most recent one? Did he win for uh, Empire of the Sun? No, it wasn't Empire of the Sun. Give me a second. I bet this is going to send me to a whole different page that's like only crazy. Oh, God. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Academy Awards. And his wind blows. Most recent one. Was for ET. Mm, okay. There you go. Yeah. Oh, nice. Go, Johns. Yeah. 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 Uh, but John Williams is not done picking up nominations for the evening because he also gets nominated for Best Original Song for Somewhere in My Memory, which he did the music for in the lyrics by Leslie Bercuse. Mm hmm. Hmm. Who uh, is best known for writing the music and lyrics for films such as Doctor Doolittle, right? By <laughs> Mr. Chips, <laughs> Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and Such Tom and Jerry the movie. <laughs> I definitely I love that Willy Wonka soundtrack. Yeah, I love Willy Wonka. So many good yeah. songs on there. By Mr. Chips, but you know, can shit on that Doctor Doolittle. Yeah, that shit sucks. Right on its demo. Yeah. That movie's terrible. You know, a movie's terrible when the remake version where uh, where Iron Man pulls bagpipes out of a dragon's ass is better than your version. Well, wow, that's the uh, that's the what the third remake. Yeah, when you said, uh, yeah. I believe Paul yeah. said there were seven straight to video, uh, seven sequels, and thirteen were straight to video. Yeah, well, I believe it's it because yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, after they did the Eddie reboot. <laughs> They they kept coming out with him, and they kid the doctor kept getting younger and younger. They they gave him they gave him children so they could. I was about to say, yeah. like, Damn. throw Kyla Pratt in every sequel. That's right. I forgot that she was a Doctor Doolittle. Doctor Doolittle Seven. Doc McStuffins. Uh, but in the most deserved loss, I think, in John Williams's Academy Award career, he loses to Stephen Sondheim. For mm-hmm. sooner or later, I always get my man from Dick Tracy. There did, you go. did you see her performance of that song at this Academy Awards? No, I'll have to. Go I watched that, that video earlier, and it was she reenacted from the movie. 
the performance and it was fucking incredible. And I was like, yeah, Madonna's that bitch. <laughs> that's that's for sure. Uh, can I read you the rest of this category? Because this category it's is fucking weird. insane. This <laughs> is a weird category. All right, so we got Williams. We got Sondheim. They beat out John Bon Jovi mm-hmm. for Blaze of Glory from Young Guns 2. <laughs> I do like that song, though. They they lose to Shell Silverstein <laughs> for I'm checking out from postcards from the edge. That's wild. Nice. And they lose out to Nicolas Cage's grandfather, Carmine Coppola, and John Bettis for Promise Me You'll Remember from The Godfather Part Three. And that I do not remember category. that category. I'm yeah, I I cannot pick still... out in that movie. And I just watched that movie where that song is in that it's, movie <laughs> it's okay all right uh because i was actually watching this movie uh right before we recorded uh the the scene where they're in sicily and michael's son uh plays guitar and sings to him oh okay that's that that's, song that's that song it's the oh, yeah. it's the that vocal version of the love theme that song sucks <laughs> well i mean it's the you know the do 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 do. No wonder it lost. Moving on. What's Polly's car horn? <laughs> what? You remember from Sopranos? It's Polly's car horn. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best sound goes to Dance of the Wolves. Best sound effects editing goes to The Hunt for Red October. Ooh. <laughs> Beating out Flatliners and Total Recall. What a what a great category, right? Yeah. Best art direction goes to Dick Tracy. Of course it does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, beating out Dance with the Wolves. Best makeup goes to Dick Tracy, because of course it does. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, beating out Cyrano de Bergerac and Edward Scissorhands. Also, uh, if, if you missed it, Al Pacino was nominated for Dick Tracy. <laughs> Best supporting actor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As much as I love that movie, I just can't imagine him winning the award for that movie. Oh, I kind of wish they. Uh, it's it's hard to say that Joe Pesci should have. Been well, I was going to say, anybody. what's it called? You know, yeah, yeah. Look at the look at who he's up against, and I'm just kind of laughing that uh, that role was so goofy, and all these other serious ass roles, and they shoehorned in Al Pacino in there. Oh, <laughs> uh, it might be my favorite Al Pacino performance of all time. Mm. Oh my god, it was so good, and maybe because I'm just now seeing it, and I'm so excited about this movie. But so Jesus, hard to be devil's advocate. Uh, I'm Dog Day. Dog Day is real good. I get oh, that god, he's so good in Dog Day. Just yeah, I got you. <laughs> I got you. One <laughs> fucking monologue is all it took. <laughs> Uh, best costume design goes to Cyrano de Bergerac, somehow beating out Dick Tracy. Insane. Yeah, uh, best, weird. best cinematography goes to Dances of Wolves. Uh, Dean Simler getting the award, beating out Vittorio Storaro for Dick Tracy. Uh, mm. I only bring that up because I wanted to say Vittorio Storaro's name again. <laughs> and our best film editing goes to Dances of Wolves. Boo. Oh, got, got some honorary awards here. So. Let me get out the big book of Oscar trivia. The big book. Not just any book. The big book. The big it is. It's a big book. All right. Uh, 
hour. Honorary awards go to Sophia Wren, one of the genuine treasures of cinema. Why does this say Sophia Wren? That's really weird. Yeah, Sophia, Sophia, Sophia Wren. Wren. Yeah. yeah. I'm not kidding. This so the book's says, wrong again? Is that what you're saying? The, it's a typo, but... Dude, this book's filled with typos. It really is. <laughs> make up for I wonder if you have like one name. of the first copies that went out before they realized the typos. Or and maybe you have like one of the first initial prints. That'd be pretty that, badass. That, that would be pretty bad. Let's look into this. Let's look into or, this. Or they just don't care. They got your money. Yeah, or, or they just, <laughs> they they got to print one of these things a year and they don't give a shit. <laughs> um, okay, so Sophia Loren, one of the genuine treasures of world cinema who, in a career rich with memorable performances, has added permanent luster to our art form. Ooh, emphasis <laughs> on lust. <laughs> <laughs> to Myrna Loy. In recognition of her extraordinary qualities, both on screen and off, where with appreciation for a lifetime's worth of indelible performances. Heck yeah, and and not to sound ageist, but she must be in her nineties by now. Yeah, you know why I go. Is to ageist Roderick- an actual thing? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. This is. <laughs> oh yeah. We're in nineteen thirty-four. Yep. Yeah. So nineteen ninety-three. So. All right. Um, to Roderick T. Ryan, Don Trumbull, and Jeffrey W. Williamson in appreciation for outstanding service and dedication in upholding the high standards of Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences. Uh, a <laughs> visual effects award was not given out tonight uh, because they just went ahead and handed a special achievement award to Eric Brevig, Rob Botton, Tim McGovern, and Alex Funke. For Total Recall. Okay. I dig it. Okay. I'm sorry. I can't. I just can't stop laughing every time I'm editing and, you know, you read out the whole Academy of Arts and Sciences. It makes me crack up. As much as I love cinema, it's like, come on, really? Arts and (laughs) Sciences? Like, get Eh. fucking over yourself, dude. My God. I mean, we don't cover me. all the science awards. They do a lot of oh, yeah, there's a, awards. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, but that's all the not recorded stuff. Yeah. yeah. At least not televised stuff. Yeah. Rather. We'd, we'd be here much longer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, no, no Yeah, I'm just total recall. Really? Yeah, total recall rules. Yeah, like, dude. No, listen. Called? The movie's good. The effects. It was 1990. Was, yeah, they even were for 1990, uh, oh. Back to the Future Three came out in 1990. I mean, I mean, Back to the Future Three is mostly a mostly a western, so most of the special I, effects are stunt work. It was good for 90, but it's blown out of the way next year by another Arnold vehicle, and we'll get there. Yeah, I just totally recall has what three boobs, oh. and that's it. Look, I don't know if you've seen <laughs> Hunt for Red heads. October, but if you see the fucking special effects for that torpedo. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Damn right, it should go to Total Recall, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. All right, we have an Irving G. Thalberg Award going to Richard D. Zanuck and David Brown. No Jeez. Gene Herschel to Humanitarian Award. And Everybody, our, everybody was a dick that year. Yeah. <laughs> yep, fuck you all. Uh, and the Gordon E. Sawyer Awards night goes to Stefan Kadelski. That sounds familiar. I am very excited about 
Stefan Kadelski was born in Warsaw to a family with an engineering background. In September 1939, the family fled Poland during Nazi Germany and Soviet invasion of Poland. Yeah. They escaped nice. Romania, then moved to Hungary, and then on to France. And when the Germans occupied the southern Vichy France, the family escaped to Switzerland in 1943. Fuck you, Nazis. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Nazis. <laughs> We're out of here. <sighs> he studied at the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology and constructed his first tape recorder there as a student project. Oh, yeah. The recorder was supposed to drive a machine tool, but was good enough to record audio as well. 1951, Kadelski built his first Nagra tape recorder. 1957, the Nagra 3, a transistorized tape recorder with electronic speed control, was launched. Uh, he creates a company called the Kadelski Group. Then wins three scientific and technical awards. Uh, one in 1965 for the design and development of the Nagra portable quarter-inch tape recording system for motion picture sound recording. Ooh. In 1977, uh, he gets one for the Nagra Magnetic Recorders, Inc. for the engineering of the improvements incorporated in the Nagra 4.2L sound recorder for motion picture production. 1978. Uh, he gets one, uh, the Nagra Magnetic Recorders Incorporated for the continuing research, design, and development of the Nagra Production Sound Recorder for motion pictures. Uh, he picks up two Emmy Awards, one in 1984 and one in 1986, and the gold medals from L. Warner AES in 1984. Uh, he retired in 1991, succeeded by his son, Andre, uh, who became the chairman and CEO of Kadelsky Group, and would die January 26th, <laughs> 2013. Uh, just the way you said that, and he died. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was trying to be factual and uh, not uh, emotional. Uh, and that is Stanley Kotelski, the winner of our Gordon e. Sawyer Award uh, Nazi fighter and sound recorder. Hear it all. Season's greetings. <laughs> and that's our breakdown. Excellent. Right. So let's go ahead and talk about this movie. Yes, please. Oh, this movie. Uh, um, I feel like white savior films should be its own genre at this point. That's fair. That being said, this is not my favorite. It's no uh it's no last samurai. <laughs> but uh <laughs> But even for a four-hour movie, I found it charming. I don't hate this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am going to say, uh, you know, we didn't ask uh, if this was everybody's first time seeing it, did we? Oh, no, we didn't. Uh, Damn not. it. Paul again. <laughs> Paul okay, is, so is carrying a heavy load. He's giving us <laughs> the scientific facts. So it's, was this everybody's first time seeing this? No. Yes, for me. It was my first no. time having a proper actual sit down. I'd seen it like probably twice in different sittings, different one of those movies where I've seen it on TV and I picked up and overlapped, but this is my first time actually sit down watching it start to finish. Jonathan, do you remember your first time? It's one of those movies that's just kind of played. Yeah. Like, I feel like my parents rented it when I was a kid and then it 
was just on and I ended up watching it that way. It was one of those like always came on in the afternoon, Saturday afternoon movies yeah. that you're just like, they're just trying to fill space at this point. Dude, I've yeah. never like, seen this on television. So really? that's wild to me. This is one of those, this is one of those like, yeah, like Jonathan said, it would play on like TNT all the time. Yeah. My uh, stepdad's big into Western, so there's always uh, a Western of some sort on. But yeah, mm. um, I I feel like this film is not as egregious as the uh, reputation would suggest. It's, I think we're having a couple weeks in a row where um, the the movie has a bad reputation that isn't entirely deserving. I, I don't I, think it has a bad reputation. I was going to say, let's back, I'm, let's talk I, about I, that because I've never heard anything bad about this movie. So. I was going to say, I the, think any any negative reput- reputation, again, comes from the fact that it wins Best Picture. Yeah. Right. Uh, Why, though? The, the, we'll get well, there. We'll talk about that <laughs> yeah. mostly later, you know. Uh, but it's often been sold to me, or I hear it as a white savior, but it's really not that much. I mean, I didn't it's, it's, save. it's I didn't not a white savior movie as much yeah. as some others are. Right. But there's very little difference between this and Av- I, this Pocahontas. I think between. it's less of a <laughs> quote unquote white savior movie and more of like the Lawrence of Arabia problem yeah. where we're focusing the story on the white person in the story. Yeah. Uh, oh, the white person like directed this, it and starred in it. So. And, and, and wrote <laughs> it. Like, and, and yeah, and that's, that's kind of exactly the point. Like if somebody else was allowed a budget to direct a film like this in 1990, uh, could we have gotten it from the Sioux vantage point of an interloper coming into their midst and, you know, changing things around or, you know, would it have gotten made at all? Like, I do just want to comment on the Pocahontas comment that Jonathan made only because Pocahontas is pulled from some sort of historical facts. And the only thing really historical about this is the name of the tribes of some sort and what, you know, white people did as they come into the West and start taking land. But I mean, outside of the, that, the difference there's is no though, real characters, the, though, is what I'm Pocahontas saying. Pocahontas like, is pulled only from history by name alone. Yeah. The story <laughs> itself is this exact fucking story. Like the Disney Pocahontas, like you should know as a native Virginian, Pocahontas is fucking bullshit in every possible way. Coincidentally, like, I just watched Pocahontas the night too. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I I enjoy Pocahontas. Uh, I just think sometimes you need to go into a movie not thinking more than it is, and yeah, that's. But when you historically whitewash every fucking thing that happened, I think I think Pocahontas is one of the most dangerous Disney movies. I I, I feel I, that's true. Yeah, the problem with yeah, we won't. I won't stick on Pocahontas for long. But I remember just like when it came out, my uh, elementary teachers being so mad because it was 
miseducating children about what happened, especially living here in Virginia. They were like, what? Yeah. what? <laughs> well, um, I don't think anybody should look for a fictional movie to educate on anything. And, but know, that's right. the thing. It's that, not a fictional movie. It's also based 20 off minutes of it, it, is a fiction, it is a fictional movie. That's like saying that Last Temptation of Christ is not a fictional movie. It's a fictional no, it's, movie. It's, it's based off historical characters. But that, again, that, this, that is, has nothing this is to do us with getting fiction, stuck though. on It's pulp. still a fake story. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I definitely do not see it. We'll that move way. off Pocahontas. <laughs> I think, um, you know, Avatar. Uh, pe- <laughs> one one thing about Avatar is it's literally you do have the guy who comes in there and he's the magical being. This guy assimilates yeah. himself and and they they he doesn't like take over and lead aside from you know. Hey, I saw some buffalo. Yeah, and they, yeah, they have he, to rescue his ass. We, we don't get we don't get a chosen one narrative in right. this, which which yeah. I'm which I'm happy about because yeah. you know they they didn't lift him up to some kind of like tribe shaman or some shit like. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah. but yeah, he, he yeah. comes in and he ingratiates himself and assimilates into the culture and and right. kind of discovers discovers that everything he's ever been taught is 110 percent wrong like if you right. watch the movie pocahontas right yeah. so uh, don't yeah but this movie it's um i liked it more than i thought i was going to yeah i don't i think very much I the think same this, with me yeah I, I agree this movie is really really good once you get past the opening which i do think is very corny oh um, god yeah i i I, th- I think it turns into a really interesting uh character and sociological study that uh just shows that uh education should be the key to anybody you know not being a giant dick bag yeah and it's also um kind of a love letter to old cinema you got a lot of gone with the wind and john ford influence going on there and mm-hmm. um, the one thing i'll say is bad about this movie is i do not care for kevin costner's narration and anything he's ever narrated. oh god no it, no, it no me, he's <laughs> it reminds me of like when you're reading uh at school and you know everybody's going around reading out loud and you get to a kid who's almost enthusiastic about reading their part yeah that's that's what it makes me feel like <laughs> and i get like i actually had to like <laughs> go he's writing that's what he's he's narrating what he's writing yeah that's why he sounds like that get the fuck over it but you're not wrong uh-huh. <laughs> it's just all. it just kind of grinds like if the narration goes on too long, it grinds those moments a little to a halt. <laughs> and for and I went, four and hours got, movie. <laughs> and then we went and we got some pancakes and they were delicious. And Yep. <laughs> Sound a little less I never even noticed how un- enthusiastic it was until Zach brought it up in Paul's impression. I'm like, all right, it was, it still wasn't as bad as Harvey Keitel in The Last Temptation of Christ. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, I I get, that's like the second time Trav's ragged on Last Temptation. Does he not like that movie? Oh, no, no I didn't rag it. the first okay, time. Okay, just making sure. I didn't rag the first time. Okay. No, yeah, he just compared the story. But yeah, it's actually his number one Thursday right now. As of Yeah, yeah, I loved recording. Last Temptation of Christ. And as much as I love that movie, it is equally opposite of how much I hated Harvey Cattell's performance in that movie. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um. Yeah, it, it it really does sound like the kind of person when you know you're writing something out and trying to say it at the same time. I'll I'll say this about the narration part of him talking. I know what I've noticed now that y'all have said that 
I just, that's how he talks and everything. Have you ever noticed this? Like, <laughs> he's actually that's, not a good actor. He's not. He's very good, bland. He's, <sighs> he's another one of those guys that the right person brings a good performance out of him. I Not himself, I guess. No, no. <laughs> Um, no. he's it's it's a shame he's the weakest link of this movie. That's true. Uh, I, I think oh. Mary McDonald's not great in this movie. She I, had a hard role to play, though. She really did, and I don't blame her for it. It is, it, it's just like, how do I do this without being racist? It actually how makes no sense without being racist. And it, you're, <laughs> man, you're right. She, it, it was, I imagine it was tough for her. Yeah, yeah, because well, the gimmick behind her is that um, indigenous people came and attacked her family. She ran away. Another tribe that she's with now found her, took her in when she was five, six, whatever. She learned their language and now magically can remember the English language 20 years later and have a conversation with Kevin Costner. That makes no sense whatsoever that she should be able to speak English. And somehow she went from barely being able to speak it to fluent as fuck in the English language. It did go pretty quick. I mean, I can, I can understand maybe, you know, her having an internal monologue of English until she's like maybe seven or eight or something, some of it sticking, but it really, she did really. (laughs) What she needed to make it make more sense was a singing willow tree in the middle of a pond <laughs> with her raccoon friends. Hey, man, don't be hating on the granny spirit. Like, spirit granny. Just saying. Yeah, but she's she's definitely only she, made it look a little worse with Graham Greene and Rodney A. Grant. Just, that's so true. God, Graham Greene's so Graham good. Graham Greene is so good in this movie. And I literally oh, watched I this movie. Graham Greene's just great. I literally watched this movie the day after Antlers. Um... Oh, that he's nice. ki- that he's kind of in. <laughs> it's like that in a couple of. scenes. <laughs> hey, man, I, I'll, I'll take that paycheck. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, he's also an American guy too, and he's great. Oh, good. Taken so a couple times. Overall, there's really excellent casting in this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, although you know, that is the perspective of the white man for the most part. We do get a number of scenes with just. Um, some of the Sioux mm-hmm. by themselves, which is nice that that was included. You know, and from yeah. what I was reading up on this, because uh, I don't know if anybody's seen Ridley Scott's 1492 Columbus movie, but they kind of did the same thing with that, where they actually went and got real indigenous people to come in and make it as authentic as possible when it comes to how they actually built their land. And I can, I've, I can appreciate that, you know, they just didn't get a bunch of white people to come in here and build sets. Like, it's as legitimate yeah. as it can get. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And they had these tribes work on the film to make it realistic as possible. Sure. Down right. to the language yeah. in this film. Yeah. So which, which I guess had its own complications, because uh, apparently uh, the Lakota language has kind of a has a feminine and a masculine form, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of backlash with uh, Lakota people going to see the film and laughing at all the men speaking the feminine form of right. <laughs> Lakota. 
Uh, film was actually produced. Uh, production was pretty quick. August, September, October, November. Only four months. That's not bad. Wow. Yeah, especially especially with a lot of those like lingering establishing shots that he gets to some so scenes. fucking man like they're so long so here's the thing i i'm not gonna sit and watch this movie for another three hours just to see what the difference was between the four hour and the three hour mm-hmm. so i i don't know what got cut well you know what you guys sure. saw <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean i don't think i've ever seen seen the director's cut so i i, I don't know I don't. Why did it this just? It makes me wonder. Was like those lingering shots were they less? Because that's an hour's worth right there. <laughs> if you if you shave like five minutes off each one, it's kind of like it almost gets as bad as like around the world in eighty oh. days does, where you're just like, listen, it's a good shot. Can we move on? Yeah. <laughs> like, All right. I'll- it's a nice vista. We can go. Yeah. Like, I don't need to stare at gross paper mache buffalo that have been skinned for 12 <laughs> minutes. Like, let's just move along. There's actually, a, a quote here on Wikipedia about this. Yeah, version. I just saw that. <laughs> Why add another hour to the film? Uh, lots of people loved it, wanted a sequel or something. Uh, Make an extended version by no means to imply that the original Dances with Wolves was unfinished or incomplete. Rather, it creates an opportunity for those who fell in love with the characters and the spectacle to experience more of both. Aww. Who the hell was clamoring mm. for a sequel to this movie? Like, I don't know, but a, a sequel book exists. It's just wild to me because at the end of the movie, they're like, yeah, white people came in and took over. It's like, what sequel are you going to get to this movie? Like... Yeah, we haven't. I, we don't really cover the box office so much for the for the year so much, but this was a a massive hit. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. Oh yeah, it was huge. So I mean, I it guess made money. huge. <laughs> yeah, out huge. extended cut gets more people to come back and give you the money. And, I guess. and it well, they went over a budget too. So I mean, even for such a short production, I mean, I'd imagine. Uh, the fact a that it only cost $22 million dollars and that went over budget, that's yeah, kind of I was going to say the same thing. I was like, what was the budget then? But yeah, was- <laughs> 15, yeah. It was a pile of Oreo cookies. I mean, Ooh. going over budget kind of becomes <laughs> Coster's thing here in the future. So yeah. <laughs> Got to start somewhere, I guess. Yeah, start small. By the way, so why are we Oreo doing a director's cut? <laughs> Dude, you went over budget. We got to do a director's cut. <laughs> We got to make more money off this. Well, turkey. no. Apparently, the uh, the first cut was five and a half hours long. Dear fuck. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't. I feel like you only do that with something like Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter, where and there's no director's cut of Harry Potter. I'm just saying when there's like a fan base like that, like a very very strong fan base, there is no fan base for dances gonna, with dances with moves. As John, I'm going to call bullshit. <laughs> With the fact that there's not a director's cut of Harry Potter. Y'all ever watch Harry Potter on ABC Family and notice there's like tiny little snippets of something extra in there that you don't remember seeing? There, no, usually it's things are cut, is what I... No, I've seen the, I've seen no, the deleted ABC series. Family had like added stuff. I don't know. By the time by the time Harry Potter movies came out, I was too deep into DVDs to watch movies on TV anymore. That's That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Except, um, except Fargo, because all the edits in Fargo are hilarious. 
any movie like that. I remember watching Happy Gilmore on USA, and he would say, I eat pieces of rice like you for breakfast. <laughs> Snakes on a Plane is the greatest, has the greatest uh, TV line ever. And I can't remember what it is, but it's like that famous it's so great. line where I can't there's no, what it's it is. like, oh God, what is it? It's... <laughs> you gotta find that. So, the most emotional points of this movie, I'll mention. No, I'll mention those after Jonathan finds this because that'll. <laughs> okay, you don't want to Here be on credit. <laughs> yeah, because it's the line was altered to I've had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday through Friday plane. No way. That is amazing. <laughs> monkey fighting snakes. That's borderline racist in this movie, in my opinion. That's, that's one of those things where you know while they were shooting this film, they were thinking about how those sensors were going to go. They were like, yep, we need to put in the dumbest things and have Samuel Jackson just record the stupidest shit possible. <laughs> I love this person just comments, English monkey fighter, do you speak it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. All right. So, Zach, you wanted to bring the uh, bring bring us the down? Sad. I wanted to yeah. bring the sad. The saddest move, moment. And this whole movie was uh, the death of two socks. I, uh, I and Cisco. Oh, they're killing Cisco. Oh, Cisco hit me a lot harder than two socks. Two socks. I was like, he was just there, so eventually he get his fucking name. So when they first introduced two socks, I thought that him and two socks were gonna have a much tighter bond than they ended up having. Like they build yeah. up this wolf coming around, like they're gonna befriend each other, and he's gonna. It's gonna be like man's best friend dog and nothing they, nope. nothing so Could've yeah i felt no emotional connection when two socks he ate it. the meat out of his hand he's a wild wolf that part was great <laughs> after right here, had the moves. that and as a uh as a networking student uh having an animal named cisco makes me makes me happy uh, yeah god and now I got the Cisco hold music in my head. It's a slammer, especially when the just, the next part comes in. Wow, I just like when he was riding out to the the first fort after uh, after he goes on the suicide run and fails and gets his leg, his his foot saved, and uh-huh. he's like, "They gave me Cisco." And they put, they sent me to this fort as they're going there. You can hear the horse singing straight to the wild, wild west. We're going straight. <laughs> and then um, Cisco died. And then they got just another horse named Cisco. So, yeah. So, does anybody else have any notes on this movie? <laughs> yeah, this um, movie. Going, way better. It was just way better than I thought it was going to be, and mm-hmm. I didn't. It didn't feel like a three-hour movie. I wouldn't watch it anytime soon again. I'm good on waiting another ten years. But I I enjoyed this movie, and I feel like it lived up to an Oscar winner movie, in my opinion. Sure. I I know that this had a lot of uh, credit for reversing a lot of Hollywood stereotypes for uh, Native Americans. And so much so that Lakota Sioux Nation apparently held a ceremony in Washington, D.C. to honor Kevin Costner, uh, Mary McDonald, and Jim Wilson on behalf of the India Lakota Nation. I wonder oh, no, if this is... the white hero. 
it comes full circle. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> with, with Zach bringing up how how it does have kind of a, a tainted legacy, it. I just wanted to bring up at least right. one instance where where a native tribe was yeah. not negative in response to it. Right. Uh, I, yeah. I think that yeah, the reputation is unearned from whatever I've heard. It's it, it's I don't. I am very much a person who is open to complaining about things, but I think somebody ran with something that isn't there in this movie. Yeah, I do not get Green Book yeah. vibes from this movie. <laughs> no, definitely yeah. not. It, I'm glad it I, brings back the Western genre a bit. Yeah, it does. It it does give a resurgence to the Western in the early 90s. Um, also, uh, Michael Blake, who originally wrote this script and was working on a film with Kevin Costner, Costner apparently convinced him to turn it into a book oh. so that it could become uh it could have buzz to get turned into his turned into a script and then sold that way and then as mm-hmm. soon as the book came out and was a hit Costner was there to pick up the rights to it nice and nice. uh Blake apparently was hoping that he could get lightning in a bottle twice and wrote a, a sequel book right called the holy road uh, We're and doing too much now. Kevin Costner was like, "I'm, I'm not directing a sequel. Just leave me alone." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doing too much, dude. It's like, yeah, we're not. Uh, he was going to do a third book in 2015, uh, but he died in 2015. Sure. Uh, uh, those are those are just a couple of notes that I wanted to bring up. All right. Um. All right. Well, Paul, is this movie in the library? It is. <gasps> It's first time in three weeks now. Yeah, it's been wow. a bit. Yeah, our our last one to go in was it wasn't Platoon, was it? Yeah, Platoon, eighty seven, <laughs> eighty eight, eighty nine. Yeah, Platoon, nineteen eighty six. How about that? Could you gentlemen give me a year? And remember, thinking, it is nineteen ninety, yeah. so two thousand is the first year could go in. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. I'm picking two thousand. I think it gets in first ballot. Okay. okay. I'm going 2015. I'm a little not as not as hot. 2018. So 2018. Yeah. Well, we're gonna split the difference for Trav and Zach. It was 2007. Oh, okay. Mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel. I feel like if it didn't get in by 2015, it probably wouldn't get in. Only because mm. of the way times are changing. Uh. I feel like this movie's less and less receptive as time goes on. So I, it wasn't able to get argument. in before. It probably lost its shot by yeah. the time we roll into 2022. So, yeah. All right. Um, so, our other films from 1990 to go in are Goodfellas, mm. which Trav and Zach, you'll be guessing tomorrow night. Okay. Uh, the Lunch Date, a short subject. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Now, when you say lunch, do you mean like brunch or do you yeah. actually? Was it a brunch? Was it an actual okay. brunch date? It was twelve oh one p.m. Okay, <laughs> the Bronx Cheers. Uh, Dear Sophia, <laughs> what have we, we done? Dear Maria. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Paris is Burning, the influential documentary, uh, Sink or Swim, an experimental film, Slacker, the Richard Linklater film. Oh yes. yeah. And to sleep with anger, uh, American drama <laughs> film written and directed by Charles Burnett. Hmm. Okay. Oh, I 19- thought it was the um, 
the Nicholas Cage or uh, Francis Ford Coppola's nephew Nicholas Cage uh, sleep angry. Oh, <laughs> is that the uh, the prequel to Drive Angry? Yes. And then okay. that's all the movies from 1990 that are in. That's all the movies that's, from 1990. That is wild. I think Ghost isn't in there. It's a little. Weird. Yeah, it's a. I'm, I'm actually a little shocked by that. I'm I'm fucking shocked. Home Alone ain't in there. I'm not as shocked about that. Yeah, yeah but uh, we're we're starting to get into those years where the classes are shrinking more and more. Yeah, I think there's another one or two classes that have more than this, but not much. Right. Yeah. All right. All right. Well. Let's do a quick Razzie rundown. Uh, this one's going to be fun. So, Worst okay. Picture uh, was, looks like, a tie between tie. The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Oh, the uh, Andrew Dice Clay movie. Yep. <laughs> and Ghosts Can't Do It. I've never heard of any of these films. Can they not? <laughs> um, worst Actor went to Andrew Dice Clay. For the adventures of Ford Fairlane. Oh, oh, worst our worst actress went to Bo Derek for Ghost Can't Do It. Worst <laughs> supporting actor went to one Donald Trump as himself <laughs> in Ghost Can't Do It. Yeah. Worst supporting actress. Oh, can I guess? Can I guess? Yes. Sophia Coppola, Go- Godfather Part Three. It was Sophia Coppola for Sorry. Godfather Part Three. Nicholas Cage's cousin, Sophia Coppola for Godfather Part Three. Yep. Uh, worst director went to John Derrick for Ghost Can't Do It. Worst screenplay went to The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Uh, worst new star, Nicolas Cage's cousin Sofia Coppola in The Godfather Part 3. And worst original song, He's Coming Back the Devil from Repossessed. <laughs> that just sounds awesome. I don't care what they say. You gotta hear it. He's coming back, the devil. The devil! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm repossessed! Was a Linda Blair, Ned Beatty, and Leslie Nielsen movie. What? Directed what? and written by Bob Logan? Bob Logan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. There's a Leslie Nielsen movie from 1990 that I've never heard of. That's shocking. Right? With Robert Fuller... Jesse Ventura, Gene Okerlund. Oh God! Oh, oh, mean Gene Okerlund. Yeah, he just he just died. He did. I think today or yesterday. Really? Yeah. Mean Gene, mean Gene died a couple years ago, dude. Did he? Yeah. Is it one of those things uh, that were just going around? Uh, January second. So oh, it was man. like a recent. Wow, that's that's one like, of those deaths that so many have happened between him and when somebody posted it the other. They in a wrestling group that I just didn't even question it. That's <laughs> what I'll see those on Facebook all the time. Be like, you know, hey, this person died, but it's actually an article from last year. Yeah. 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 Just too many, too many celebrity deaths to keep track of anymore. <sighs> Tell you something, Eugene. Oh, if Hulk Hogan wasn't in hot water before, he just continues to dig that, that ditch that deeper and idiot. deeper. That, that guy. <laughs> I'm All just right. like God. All right. Well, let's get into our worst. You judge. Don't you dare cut that out. You make that just. That's it right there. That's it right there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
Trav, as our guest, you get the first question. Yay. Does this movie deserve Best Picture? You know, man, um, I actually got to watch one, two, three, four, five, four of the... No, I watched all five of the Best Picture. Sorry, I was looking in the wrong category. So I watched... I thought you did. I watched all five Best Pictures, dude. And I'm, you know, I'm going to do exactly what uh, Zach and Paul do. I'm going to rank each one from... Worst to least. Um, I can't even believe I'm saying this, man, but Godfather Part 3 is the worst movie out of the five that were nominated. Uh, the movie's just okay. Um, then I got Ghost. I can. It shows you the power that Demi Moore and... Um, what's his name? Patrick Swayze. That Patrick Swayze have at the box office to be the highest grossing movie of the year this year because that movie is just mediocre. Like it is not that good of a movie. It is just okay to me. You're just okay. And the fact that it won best screenplay over Avalon is a crime in my opinion, but crime. I digress. Um, after that, uh, I loved Awakenings. This was my first time. I absolutely loved De Niro in this film. And Robin Williams was just incredible in this movie, too. Um, and then, of course, if I'm, I like Goodfellas more than Dances with Wolves. However, if I'm looking at it from an, an academy standpoint and how they judge things, it's no shock that Dances with Wolves got the pick over Goodfellas. So. With all that being said, this movie did deserve Best Picture. Okay. Very nice. Um, so I did not watch all these movies this week, but I have seen all of these movies except for The Godfather Part 3. You've I, never seen Godfather Part 3? Wow, that is nope. shocking. Now, was that something because you just heard how bad it was? Uh, first time I ever watched The Godfather was with Paul, and he basically said, we don't need to watch this one. So I said, okay, cool. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, uh, so for me, um, I think of these movies, Dances with Wolves is probably the weakest of them all. It's a tough way, reason. It's hard to pull a story I've seen multiple times, even though this did come out before Pocahontas. This did come out before Avatar. <laughs> but it's not exactly a new story at the same time either. Yeah. Um, so that being said, it looks great. I just think it's weak compared to the rest of these. Um, especially uh, Awakening. It, Awakenings is a great film. Mm -hmm. It is one where you're just going to cry nonstop anyway. Mm -hmm. And... I, I I hate films that basically are made just to make you cry, but this one it, it feels more organic. Like it, it has all the moments to do that. Um, Ghost is my number two for the week. Uh, I don't know what Trav is talking about. I think Ghost was a movie that makes no fucking sense and has no reason to be as good as it does because it does not know what it is. It is how do you make a movie that has comedy that uh, uh, Whoopi Goldberg gives us 
with this weird supernaturalness to it where it's like the he becomes like the superhero of ghosts in some weird way <laughs> and it, and he with a bad guy who's just barely an actual bad guy he's just a dick who did kill somebody i the hell like, a bad guy there right it just none of this t- sounds like a good movie until you watch it and you go fuck there's so many wrong like this movie made so many left turns it went right I don't get it. So that's why I love Ghost. Um, that being said, Goodfellas is the greatest mafia movie ever made. Ever, ever made? Ever made. Ooh. Ooh. You do not you do <laughs> not get Sopranos without Goodfellas. That's because literally half the cast is in exactly. the movie. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> because Sopranos went, who is in Goodfellas? Get them. That's a bold statement because I don't even think Goodfellas is the best my movie Scorsese's ever made. I so. think Goodfellas is better than Godfather. We gotta save. We gotta save those opinions for tomorrow, Trey. Oh, I, yeah. I will. But yeah. oh man, that was a real. I, I, I won't be here, so let me just say anything that's bad that you guys say. If you say anything bad about Goodfellas, no, nobody's saying wrong. anything bad. I promise no. you that it's Goodfellas. To let you know, it's I think Goodfellas. Goodfellas is better than The Godfather. At the very least, it is more entertaining than The Godfather. (laughs) Roger Ebert agreed with you, didn't he? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Um, In the end, no, it did not deserve Best Picture because DuckTales, the movie Treasure of the Lost Lamp, was not (laughs) even brought up in the Academy. Fuck you. That movie is amazing. Hey, man, you got to love any movie where Rip Taylor plays a genie. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I do want to insert this in real quick since you just brought up a random movie. Mm-hmm. Navy SEALs came out this year. And Ooh, Navy SEALs. <laughs> they filmed that here in Norfolk. And my dad was an extra and he was on board the Shreveport at the time. Oh, nice. And he was an extra Shit, in yeah. that movie. Hey. So Shreveport. we have it on DVD and I like to show people my fucking dad's in Navy SEALs. Shreve- <laughs> Shreveport is the, uh, the city I was born in. There we go. Hey. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, the 90s was a really good year. It was an incredible Including year. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out that year. I watched that this week. Yeah. yeah. Tremors. 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 First Tremors. Dude. And you know I just went through all of those and did not regret a single one of those. Oh, man. You? And, man, you keep saying Except for the stuff, weird Western so one. How, one. When, we go back to, <clears throat> when we go back to the screenplay uh, category, how was Misery not nominated? Good question. That is a very good question. Because if you I, can nominate yeah. Kathy Bates for Best Supporting Actress, how was that not nominated for Best Screenplay? It is mm. insane to me. Yeah. I know exactly which one I would take out and replace it, but I'll get back to that. Yep. So, as my joke answer, no, but obviously it does deserve it. I, it deserves a nomination. I don't know if it deserves a win. Right. I really don't. Uh, with what it's up against, Goodfellas should have won. Awakenings would have. Awakenings, Awakenings is the one that surprises me didn't win. So, like that seems like Academy Oscar bait and everything. I agree. But at least being good. So, uh, Zach. Yeah. Does this movie deserve Best Picture? <laughs> so, uh, I'll take away some suspense and it's kind of funny my my rankings of the five best picture nominees are the same as trav 
Like, oh, uh, yeah, look at two mm. months. We've been spending so much time on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> the God, exactly about the Godfather part three. It, it's, an, it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. Uh, Sophia Coppola, I hate, I, Francis Ford Coppola, <laughs> Nicholas Cage's cousin, Sophia. Sophia. Um, it, it's so unfortunate that she is dragged so badly, but it, it really pulls me out of the movie how bad she is. Um, yeah, I, I feel I feel more more of the criticism could have been constructive around her. Yeah, well, it's the Razzies; they're garbage. <laughs> Not just the Razzies, like. But anyway, go on. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, it just feels so distant from the first two. So, mm-hmm. but you know, it also is kind of the quality of a average year Best Picture nominee. So, whatever. Um, Ghost, I like it. I like Ghost. It's a good movie, I think, and it's like everything Jonathan says. It's so weird and interesting. I didn't see it till like maybe ten years ago. So by then, I'd been perhaps jaded by other things that come out. But I was, was going to say another reason why Total Recall gets the award it gets because the 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 special effects in this movie is fucking terrible too. So what? I, dude, when that window falls on him, did you you're, tell you're, me you didn't just believe a window fell on him? You're saying oh, this because of nostalgia from growing up on this movie. Yeah, no, uh, I hated I'm, this movie as a kid. I absolutely hated it. I'm gonna stick with Trav on on this one because those fucking Reaper ghosts that pop out of the ground are so goofy. Oh no, no, I'm 100 being sarcastic. The effects in this movie is terrible. Again, but why is this movie so good? Every like I said. It just so many left turns it went right uh so then awakenings is a absolutely beautiful movie all the emotions it's uh, excellent and so then i have dance i i like goodfellas more than dances with wolves um and i i have dances with wolves at my number 2 um i don't have as big a problem with it winning as i had based on my uh, prejudice against it that was unfounded. Um, I still think Goodfellas should have won, and we'll talk more about that later. Tomorrow, I I would have liked to have seen maybe like Wild at Heart or Miller's Crossing. Um, Miller's in the, Crossing uh, is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think either one of those deserved a Best Picture nominee. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Or dark. Yeah, man. so my dark answer man. is like dark. Man. And okay, sure, it, it's okay that I, I think it deserved best picture. Oh yeah, Jonathan. All right, oh. I did watch. I watched all five of these, hmm. and I'm gonna start with my number five or my number four of the ones that didn't win. And my number four is Awakenings. I hated the third act of this film so much. I get that. It did was. You, but did you like the ending? No. No. Well. I mean, it, I mean, specifically, apparent, you know, that scene, it was fine. Uh, this, I really this movie it. was too created in a lab to try to make me cry. And once, once the real emotion was out of the way and we got to Robert De Niro trying to put on the, the charm, put on the, the hammy acting. I, I don't know how he was nominated for this. And, um, Williams wasn't. I think Williams is the better of the two performances. It's just Robert Nero's the showier of the two performances, so he gets nominated for the most acting. You say made in a lab, you mean like manufactured emotion or something? Because I mean it's based yeah. on true stories, right? Yeah, I mean that 
that's neither here nor there. Like they like, wrote, they wrote certain scenes specifically. Like this is gonna get them. You know, yeah, we got yeah, it. Exactly. That's, like, that's that's the like, stuff that we're I gonna drama. About. We're gonna yeah. dramatize this, and the music's right. gonna swell like this. Yeah, and this is gonna, I'll tell like, you this though, it fucking worked on me, and I think it's because yeah. I really can't even watch a Robin Williams movie without crying, anyways, because yeah. uh, like. As a kid, I idolized that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I idolized too. them, so it's really hard for me to watch films anyways with Robin. So this one really got me, dude. I cried multiple times in this movie. I, I, we'll talk about it some next week. I, I went and saw the Hook in the theater and quoted it for weeks and weeks. And uh-huh. I remember, I remember coming out of Batman Returns and my grandfather taking us to like the the mall and to get some toys and we're buying Batman returns toys and the cashier and I 1992. I remember this as, as if it happened yesterday, the cashier is behind the, the, the counter. And he's like, Hey, did you hear there might get Robin Williams to play the Riddler in part three? When that comes out, my seven year old mind exploded. Like <laughs> I, what this, this is a thing that could happen. So, you know, that, that's where I was like 1992. I Robin Williams was like top of the charts for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's the better performance in this movie. I agree. I, I, I think the movie's really good for the first two acts. And then the third act is really just like, we're going to hit him. We're going to hit him where it hurts over and over again. And that kind of, that kind of writing really bores me. <laughs> so I just, I did not enjoy awakenings as much as I would have liked to. Uh, my number Three is going to be Godfather Part Three. I think its biggest problem is that the words "The Godfather" in the title. Exactly. That was literally my letterbox. <laughs> like if 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 you put if this was called anything else and you just changed the name of the characters to something else, a lot of people might have went like, "Wow, that was a pretty good Godfather ripoff." <laughs> <laughs> but it's called The Godfather Part Three, and everybody goes. Wow, those first two Godfather movies are fucking perfect. Why did this happen? <laughs> and yeah, uh, Sofia Coppola is not good in this movie at all. And I wish people didn't try to rip her new one like people like to always do. If someone does a bad performance, just you can say that without being an asshole about it. That takes the fun <laughs> out of fair. it, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Magnificent director. So my number yes uh my number two is ghost i think ghost is great it is the weirdest film to be a number one hit at the box office uh in its year uh it's it was one of the highest grossing films of all time when it came out it was in my mom's like rotation of VHSs when I was a kid. And I saw this movie way too many times for a child. But the thing Uh, is, it's not like, I don't understand after seeing that movie as an adult, I did not like it as a kid because I thought it was just a romance movie because you only think about the fucking claim scene, but that's the only one. It's like, yeah, there's romance in it, but it's just, no, the, the scene, more than anything else. I was gonna say the scene the scene that honestly stuck out to me the most as a kid was the, the window coming down and stabbing yeah. <laughs> impaling that dude. I was like, what just happened? My mom watches this movie. <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, my favorite my favorite thing in Ghost is uh Homeboy as the subway ghost. I can't think of his oh, yeah. name because he's in mad oh. movies. 
Oh, good. And he time. gets the F word too because it's just PG-13 play, Yeah, he film. does get the F word too. He plays random characters in movies all the fucking time. He was John he was the Leonard? guy in um in Amadeus who got the first line because he yeah. was good friends with Milos Forman. John Letterer, does that sound right? Back Oh, well, his name's Vincent Chevelli. There so go. I was nowhere near right. No, I knew you weren't, but I didn't want to say it out loud and then be wrong. No, you should have said it. Yeah. Um, I was more worried about me being wrong. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, that leaves Goodfellas as my number one. Goodfellas rules. We'll talk about that a lot more tomorrow. Um, Goodfellas. Loot. Um, Square Sazy. Uh, Dances with Wolves is getting slotted in at my number three. Uh, I think it's I think it's a lot steadier than Godfather Part 3, and its third act is better than Awakenings, which... All right, Dances Wolves does not deserve to win Best Picture. I'm not shocked it won Best Picture. I do like this film, but Ghost being the number one, uh, number one film of the year, I understand being in the category Goodfellas is possibly the best film of the year, so it goes in there. Um... Yeah, I throw away, I throw away Dance with the Wolves, Awakenings, and Godfather Part Three out of this category. There's so many better films this year. Postcards from the Edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Pretty Woman more. Dick Tracy Such a is good movie. Dick Tracy is one of my all-time favorite films. I'm so happy that Trav loved it. <laughs> I am too. Loved it. I was I was so worried when he started it. I was like, this this is one of those love it or hate it films. <laughs> uh, I do need to see Avalon. Uh, Love Total Recall. Uh, Hunt for Red October is great. Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's just me going off of the the nominations. Uh, yeah, but uh, as Trap said, Darkman. Darkman is the greatest film in 1990. Uh, it's uh, Sam Raimi doing superhero films better than most superhero films were made today. Um, and uh, Liam Neeson should have been nominated for Best Actor. I agree. I'm not I haven't disagreeing. seen that movie in a long, long time. I need to rewatch it. It is, it so is good. Evil Dead Two levels of camp fun. Yeah, it's so nice. good. It is, it is, it is. It's been a while for me too. It is Raimi putting on the gas and just going fucking hog wild. It's, it's such a good movie. <laughs> and this might be random. What's this that? might be random. But when Spawn came out, I was really hoping that that was going to hit like Darkman vibes and. I think Spawn sucks. So that movie is not boring. It's boring as shit for a fucking Spawn movie. And it should have been Darkman fun. And it wasn't. And I uh, I think Legozamo tries his absolute goddamnedest to make it, though. Oh, he (laughs) does. He's so fun in that movie. Yeah. We we don't. You mean Luigi? Recording in the Banks? (laughs) We don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. Oh, Johnny Legs, we love you. Indeed. All right. So down to our second question here. Trev, Mm -hmm. is this the worst best picture? Oh, absolutely not. Uh, There's been some real fucking stinkers that, you know, obviously I haven't been on the podcast to talk about. But even if I'm just, you know, unfortunately you slotted me into the great Zeg field. And that movie is fucking atrocious. And <laughs> there, is, I would if I would watch Dances with Wolves for the rest of my life, 
than ever watch Great Zegfield ever again in my life. Just, that's how horrible that movie was. So, yeah, no way is it the worst Best Picture. You complain about the Great Zegfield, but, I mean, Burns had to watch Out of Africa. Ugh. Well, I've never seen Out of Africa, but... Now, I'm not going to force you to do that. I'm hard-pressed. I'm a well, good friend. you already forced me to watch Great Zegfield, so you better... No, my absence does not cause you to be forced to do anything. Uh. At least not by my fault. <laughs> anyway um, <laughs> I agree with you this is not the worst uh, best picture I uh, I don't know where to put this one it's kind of in a weird spot for me because it's not a bad movie yeah I put it at my number 27 between uh, Rain Man and the best years of our lives because it's a good movie just a little long, but Paul's it deserves to be just right long. now. <laughs> oh, I was putting something. I was I was putting my spudger away because it was oh, okay. loose. I kept playing with it. Yeah. It's just when you said twenty seven, Paul had like a face, and I was just laughing. It, it was like, coincidental, I assure you. And then I'm going to ask a question here uh, because something didn't get brought up, and I don't know if that's because it's going to get brought up in Thursday. So feel free to cut this if you need to, Trav. But I, I feel like we need to mention that My Blue Heaven came out in 1990, and that movie is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, we're we're yeah. Don't we'll worry. Talk about that tomorrow. We will However, be talking about that. Oh, that's right. Because isn't it technically uh, a or a sequel or a spinoff from Goodfellas? Technically, that's right. Okay. <laughs> Even right. though it came out first. So, yeah, we'll get into those technicalities. Yes. Yeah. All right. So Zach, is this the worst best picture? No, um, you know, still got greatest show over on earth, GG, and for me, Broadway Melody are my bottom three. Um, I've actually got it nestled right up next to you at number 28. Nice, uh, between How Green Was My Valley and Midnight Cowboy. Nice, Paul. All right, I feel like I got to keep adding this qualifier in these days, <laughs> 45B. 45. <laughs> 45 is no longer the, the tipping point. 46 is. Okay. Just just because I don't think Dance of the Wolves is the worst. I, I think it's a fine film. I think it's a little long. Uh, I don't think it needs to be three hours, honestly. I, I, I could shave maybe 20 to 30 minutes out of it and probably not lose, lose too much. I bet you I could shave an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, apparently somebody had to shave too so that doesn't shock me um i like this movie i don't love this movie it's always been one where i, I finish watching it and i'm like okay yeah i've watched dance of the wolves what next yeah uh it's the last time i watched it was during the um during the afi rewatch uh watch through and it was Low on that list, I think. Yeah, number seventy-five. Oh, yeah, it was higher than I thought it was going to be too because I started at the bottom. Now, now we're here. God damn it! Um, <laughs> <laughs> I saw it coming too. Uh, I, I, I didn't mean to set it up, but that's what happened. Um, so anyway, forty-six is the new tipping point with Driving Miss Daisy. I have Dances Wolves at forty-three. Okay, I think it's I think it's good. I think it's fine. I have it right over Patton. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, Trav, mm -hmm. we appreciate you being here again, oh, buddy. Of course. 
I'm here every week in spirit. So let's uh in, in spirit. Hey. I feel your spirit th- whenever I talk to you without you, you having to be around. You, Joanna. Hands on your clay. <laughs> I did not expect clay. No, now I'm going to have Sweeney Todd stuck in my head for the rest of the night. So You're welcome. Trev. No, I pretty, actually do appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Except I liked the movie. Uh, Trap, yeah, the movie. What do you want to plug? Garbage. Oh, yeah. Of course, you know, you can find me personally on the Instagram at ZK Audio, where I'm also on Twitter. At T-R-E-V-I-O-S-C-K, where I'm also on Letterboxd as well. And you can listen to me every Tuesday on the Level Note with Benjamin Banks podcast, where we are interviewing people from all over the nerd community. Yeah. yeah. You guys get some names. I'm loving Hey, we oh, those uh, voice actors. We we got some other people on the low. Okay. That, that Banks hasn't posted about yet, thank God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we look forward to that. Hell yeah. Indeed yeah. we do. All right. Well, my name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitter, TikToks, and on the Twitch at Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where could we find you? You can find me on Critiker. Zachmaster X A K K M A S T E R. <laughs> TikTok, House Havoc, Letterboxd, search by my name. You can include Squirter if you want or not. You know, we'll see. Mr. Workman. Uh, you can follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd, where I keep running tally of all the films I watch. And uh, this week I watched Sing 2. Nice. Oh, Still ain't yeah. seen it yet. I didn't like it as much as the first one, but I did enjoy it. And, uh, I like these movies probably way more than I should, and I want a third one now. Okay. Do you think I'd like them? You might. I thought, and that's kind of sucks to hear, because I just thought the third one was meh, and the trailer for this one looks much better than the first, so uh, that kind of leaves me worried. I like the first one, so don't, I guess, don't take my opinion for that. If, If you might like this one more. I don't know. We're different people. You're grown up. You can make your own decisions. Can yeah, I? You're a strong, independent woman Did who don't need no man. Yeah. I don't think either one of those are true. I need a man. <laughs> okay, <that's fair>. <laughs> <laughs> What's your man got to do with this? He's got a man. <laughs> All right. And what are we watching next week, Zach? Next week, we are watching The Silence of the Lambs, <laughs> which can rent on uh, Fubo TV, Google, Voodoo, or YouTube, or stream on Amazon. Mm. Beautiful. Am I excited about this film? I don't know. Now, what kind of DVD was that? Is that on oh, Criterion? That is, that is a Criterion DVD. Hell yeah. Another drink. We're just... I'm not drinking getting saucy on that one. It's not fair. All right. Let's do an outro now, huh? Do that. We like thank Trav. Trav! Thank Trav! Hi, Trav. From our anytime, sister podcast. Anytime, my good fellas. <laughs> Leveling up a Benjamin Banks for producing our show. We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod and on Facebook at The Oscarsity Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. The almighty algorithm. Oh, makes you want to dance with the puppies in the wild. Dancing puppies, yeah. Trap. 
Jonathan, Zach, stands like a fist. <laughs> stands with a fist. This is President. I would like for you all to have a damn fine day.